there it is, ladies and gents. We are back. Hey, I don't know about you guys, but if you're in the medical profession, you got anybody who has your back when it comes to your money? No, you don't. Well, then this episode's for you. You're going to want to do what uh, you're going to want to pay attention because you're already doing good things for the community. Might as well get paid what you deserve. So let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you. And welcome to another episode of Business Boss. All right, ladies and gents, listen, on today's episode, we're going to be discussing the importance of having representation in the negotiation of physician contracts. Now, our guest is an expert in this field, having spent over a decade analyzing and negotiating contracts on behalf of hospitals and health systems. He created Rocky Mountain Physician Agency, which recognizes the need for physicians to have their own representation in contract negotiations. And our guest founded RMPA to provide this service. Now, RMPA uh, evens the playing field by using the same industry-leading compensation data and insight that hospitals have access to, all while prioritizing the needs of the physician. So let's welcome to the show, Mr. Ethan McConnell. High energy and some fun. Ethan, welcome to the program, my friend. Man, that is the coolest intro. I could watch 30 minutes of just that intro, Herman. That's amazing. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm talking about, man. I figure, you know, people like you are out there doing what needs to be done for the general public, but nobody's shining the light on you. Like, how is a physician supposed to even know that this is an option? I mean, if I'm going to play a professional sport, I got an agent who's got my back, right? They're going to negotiate my contract for me. But a doctor goes to school for years and years, piles on all kinds of student debt to get to where they are. And then has no idea. Now they have to learn the business aspect of this, of this side. Like, tell me about this, man. What, what are you doing for people? You know, this really started from my upbringing. My mom is a physician. And so I've always been around the, the business of medicine and doctors. But Herman, it didn't crystallize until I lost my job a few years ago. Mm. And I realized after spending over a decade working in hospitals, I was like, man, doctors are so smart. They, we all look up to them. They are the reason that I have a job in hospitals. But yet when they came into contract and salary negotiations, they didn't really seem to know how to do it at a high level. And I talked to my mom about it and I said, hey, help me understand who helps you negotiate your deals. You don't get any training in that. And the reality of it is, is doctors, unlike professional athletes, are left on their own to negotiate their deals with no training, no education. And so I simply identified an opportunity and frankly co-opted an industry and have layered it over medicine and doctors. 
let me ask you this because I I never even thought it was an option, right? So I, I teach high school. When I apply for a job, like I look at the salaries that are available for that particular position and I'm like, okay, well, this district offers this, this dis- district offers this. I'm going to go with the one that meets my, my particular taste or where I'm going to be, right? As a doctor, I kind of assumed it was the same thing. If I'm going to go work for Scripps, like this is what a doctor gets paid. If I'm going to work for Kaiser, this is what a doctor gets paid. How how's that different? How's that industry any different? I didn't know doctors could even negotiate for themselves. You bring up a really good point, and physicians have a very specific context to their industry that not a lot of other industries have. So, teachers and the government is a really good example where you have certain thresholds as you move along your career of what you can make based on your experience, years of service, things like that. With doctors, it's very different. With doctors, there's no standard uh, scale for how they're paid. And so what ends up happening is doctors in vulnerable classes end up making less than their counterparts. So think women physicians, physicians of color, they're taking a discount because of systemic issues that affect them that don't affect others. And so frankly, what I do is I come into these conversations and one, I give the doctors to the answer, the answers to the test. These are the things that I did when I was on the other side of the table. This is what you should know when you negotiate your contract. Here's how you win. I don't mm-hmm. want you to need me. You know, the same way that, uh, you know, I often tell people I'm a middleman. The same way your, your barber's a middleman, your landscaper's a middleman. They do something very specific that people are not trained to do. And so my job is purely to do one thing, and that's help doctors make more money. I'm assuming, uh, I mean, there's a doctor for everything, right? I remember growing up, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a pediatrician or I'm going to be a gynecologist because I thought delivering babies was kind of cool, right? Then I got like a D in chemistry and I realized, okay, that's probably not going to be my my uh, avenue. <laughs> but I'm assuming that that based on your specialty, you're going to make more money. I'm a big Marvel fan. I know Dr. Strange had a specific skill that allowed him to make money at a high level as a doctor versus his counterparts who might be in the same field, but just didn't have the skill set. So when, when doctors come in to negotiate contracts, when they're going to college and they're specializing in something, does it, does that specialty make a big difference on their salary or maybe it's availability? There's some people like my cousin, for example, she, she, she is a doctor, but in Mexico, and she's all about giving, right? Like, I mean, it's it's a religious thing for her, and like, she doesn't, you know, she's not a doctor for money. She'll get paid in sacks of potatoes and bananas and like whatever it is that that can be bartered because she feels that what she does is is more than just an income. But here in the U.S., a doctor's got to get paid, man. You know, that's what I'm saying. A doctor's got to get paid. So, does specialty matter? Does- does the type of doctor make a difference in when they're negotiating salaries? Yeah, Herman, great question. So specialty matters almost the most when it comes to physician salaries. But I think you hit on something that I want to touch on, which is your sister is really built from the cloth that many doctors are. They want to serve. They want to help. They are scientists by trade. And so their job and their calling is to help us. Right. And what ends up happening, though, is that good, good natured disposition gets taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. 
And then what happens is you have doctors who are in the same specialty. So and think about your work. If if you are a math teacher, science teacher, what, what tell me what you teach, Herman? Yeah, I teach math. I teach math definitely. Oh, there you go. So, so let's just say there's other math teachers within your department. You have algebra and calculus, and you know math, you know math one, math two, whatever they're called. I don't remember them. But let's just say you have other math teachers. How discouraging would it be if you found out that other math teachers were making thirty to forty percent more than you for the same work? You're teaching yeah. the same size classes, same number of classes. That's what happens to doctors. So I don't necessarily think about, well, does an orthopedic surgeon make more than a family medicine doctor? Yes, they do. I think about, are orthopedic surgeons making more than other orthopedic surgeons? And that's where I want to try to bring some parity. So when doctors reach out to me, it's typically because they have found out the hard way that they are being paid less than their counterparts for doing the same exact work. And so for me, I don't discriminate by specialty, but I do upfront show doctors, here's how much you should be paid for your specialty in your region of the country, which of course can vary depending on if you're Silicon Valley, New York City, or Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Well, what about uh, where they go to work? So I mentioned earlier, like, you know, Scripps, Kaiser, these are big name places, but there are also tons of legitimate small private practices uh, that are that are a little bit different. And, you know, obviously on the entrepreneur space, if you're running your own clinic or your own space, the marketing has a lot to do with whether or not you're going to get paid or not. But as an employee coming in, does it matter whether I'm being hired by a small private uh, clinic or a small private hospital versus one of those big guys? That is such a good question. And it's not a question that people I talk to the first time typically ask because it's one of those next layer questions. Uh, it's a really good one because your, what we call it, care setting has a tremendous impact on your ability to make a living. So you said it exactly right, Herman. First and foremost, if you are private practice or a physician entrepreneur, you will earn the most money because there's so little overhead between the doctor and the insurance company who's paying their, their revenue. Secondarily, you'll look at single and multi-specialty private practices, but typically most doctors are employed by large health systems like HCA, Catholic Health Initiatives, Advent Health in Florida, and those doctors can earn different amounts depending on what setting they provide care in. So I have some doctors who say, Ethan, I want to work four days a week. I want to be in clinic. I don't want to set foot in a hospital. And so those doctors can expect to earn a certain amount, whereas other doctors who say, Ethan, I'm willing to take on leadership responsibilities. I'm willing to take on additional call outside of my nine to five hours. You can earn additional compensation for all of the work you're doing. And my job is to help identify all of the opportunities to make the deal as lucrative as possible for doctors. Wait, hold up. So, okay. So you're blowing my mind here a little bit. So not only am I going to get hired by a specific place, you're essentially 
helping the physicians kind of dictate the lifestyle that they're going to live, how many days a week they're going to go in. Um, are they available after hours? Are they, are they telecommuting? Like I know, especially post COVID world that we're living in, yes. some doctors don't even go to an office. Everything's done on like a zoom call. You're checking in with your clients. You're seeing them visually. You're having them open, like almost everything done on that. So you're saying essentially when they're sitting down to talk to, talk to you, they're designing the life that they want to live. And then you're going out and looking for a market that is looking for that kind of doctor. I could not have said it any better myself. One of the first things that I do with every client that I talk to is I ask them what is important to them. And we get so granular that I ask them to force rank seven items and tell me which of these is important to you. I can tell you based on my analysis of all the doctors I've talked to over the past three or four years, if employers would treat doctors with respect, irrespective of money, they would never have to see me. The doctors who hire me, the three most important things that they always tell me is my schedule, my personal time, and I want to have a, a compensation that's reasonable. They're not asking to be paid a million bucks. They're asking to be paid a reasonable amount compared to their counterparts. And so, Herman, we start with your lifestyle. We start with how you want your life to look. And then I translate that into contract terms that an employer can understand. So a doctor may say, I want to work four days a week. I want to travel. I want to have my student loans paid off by my employer. Uh, I want surgical time you know, secured for me. Those are all things that we will help the doctor negotiate so that they can, one, make as much money as possible, but two, be as peaceful and fulfilled in their work uh, as, they, as they'd like to be. Part of those negotiations, obviously, you're describing terms of employment. What about those additional benefits? I mean, we're talking about what about their own health care? What about their retirement planning? Maybe if they're going to a private practice, what about maybe earning some equity in this type of business? Are all these things that types of things that they can negotiate as well? Spot on. So I have an exhaustive list of all of the things that doctors can ask for in addition to, you know, your base salary guarantee. The way I think about physician deals is in three parts. It's not that different from the deals that you or I might have as W-2 employees, but first and foremost, you have your base. Your base is the money you get just for showing up and doing a good job. In sports, it's called your guarantee, your guaranteed money, right? So out here in Denver, Russell Wilson just got 245 million guaranteed. guaranteed. And like three parking spots, I heard. Hey, three parking spots. He's got an office. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not gonna go into the trauma that I've gone through this this season, but that's guaranteed money. Secondarily, you have bonuses. So that's money that you get for achieving a goal or completing a task. Um, so in sports, that can be touchdowns, number of interceptions. Uh, did you make the playoffs? Things like that. And then lastly, and this is the one you hit on as well, Herman, is is your what I call bennies or your non-monetary compensation. So what you know that can be your paid time off, that can be your insurance, your malpractice for doctors. Um, it can be in, in things like private practice, what we call path to partnership. How do I earn equity over time in this in this practice? So we create an exhaustive list. And then we identify the things that based on the doctor's preferences, what do you want in your contract? Because not every doctor says, I want to make a bunch of money. 
Not every doctor says, I want to work four days. Some say, Ethan, I will work as much as possible because I'm single and want to make a ton of money now. Others say, Ethan, I have young children and I want to work a schedule that's reflective of my values, my priorities and my family. And so my job is to help honor what matters most to you as a physician and put that into your contract so that you can be fulfilled in your deal with minimal stress, right? We do all of the negotiation. We find the opportunities for you. So you get to focus on what you do best and that's being a doctor. Right. Well, let's, let's talk about who needs this. I mean, in my mind, it's like every doctor needs to go over this, right? Every doctor needs to figure out uh, what, what their situation is and, and what they can go after, but you're targeting somebody specific, right? What is a, when does a doctor realize like, oh man, this is the route I should be taking. I need somebody on my behalf. Cause obviously some of them are just happy exactly where they are. They don't even know any better. And others are trying to look for something else. Do they, do they reach out to you? Like during med school, do they reach out to you, you know, right before they're, they're going to go interview? Like when should a physician reach out to you and, and start this process? Yeah, good question. I work with doctors all the way from residency to retirement. So there's really no exact time that they reach out, but there is a question. There's a question that I ask every doctor when they reach out to me. And the first question I ask them is, do you want someone just to look it over and give you a thumbs up and you know make some red lines, irrespective of whether or not they accomplish the stated goals? If so, I'm not the person for you. There are many experts out there who will charge you hourly to do that work. The doctors who work with me are the doctors who say, I want to get the value that I deserve in my contract. And I'm not willing to start. I'm not willing to sign this contract without it being the best deal for me. Doesn't mean the most money. Doesn't mean the most time off. Or It means what is best for for you in your circumstance, which is unlike any other physician. And so while I do often get doctors who reach out to me at the residency point when they're starting to look for their first job, I'd probably say 75% of my business, Herman, is from doctors who are getting screwed. Doctors who are ha have a deal that they're not happy with and they want better. And the way that I get paid is only on performance. I don't get paid hourly. So if I don't make a doctor more money, it's kind of like those, those cheesy lawyer commercials. We don't get paid unless you win. That's how it works. I don't get paid unless my doctors make more money. That's fair. That's fair. It just proves the point, right? Like I'm here on your behalf. If I can't help you, then you're not helping me. It's, it's gotta be a win-win situation here. I'm curious, like how long is the average contract for a doctor? Because I'm sure some of them are going to go in, they're going to sign this contract, they look at their salary, they look at their schedule, they're cool, they sign the contract. But like, how long are these for? Are these annual contracts? Are we looking at, like, is this like like Russell Wilson, right? We're signing them for five years, guaranteed, <laughs> like certain amount. Like, how, how do these things work? Yeah, so most contracts for physicians have to last for at least one year. So you won't see anything less than a year. I say this when I do education for residency programs, I often educate them that two to three years is that sweet spot for your first contract. Because by the time you come out, you're going to you're going to be so proficient at year three that you're going to be at that Scottie Pippen level where you're going to be so good that you're still on your rookie deal. Right. So you want that rookie deal to end at year two or three so you can capitalize 
on how proficient you've become at your craft. And in Scottie Pippen's case, he signed a seven-year deal. So by year two or three, he was the second best player in the league, but being paid like the 200. And so you don't want that to happen as a physician. So two to three years for your first deal, your rookie contract, as I call it. And then for established doctors, established attending, I usually say three to five. Five is on the long side, right? If you have an amazing deal, five years is okay. But typically I like to see established doctors three to five years uh, for their contract length. All right. Ethan, I'm convinced, right? This is something that definitely me as a doctor, right? Hypothetically speaking here, me as a doctor has decided, yes, I need somebody to help me negotiate my contract. I want to make sure that I got the best position possible and I'm being paid what I'm worth. If someone reaches out to you, walk me through the process. What, you know, from start to finish, what's that, what's the time frame like? What's the process like? What can a doctor or a physician expect when working with you? Yeah, I'll tell you a quick story about some of my, my clients uh, who I just recently worked with. There were a group of six women physicians, OBGYNs, and they had hired an attorney and said, we want to renegotiate, which didn't work out with the attorney. So they said they want to go to private practice. I spoke with them and said, hey, have you considered other options for employment instead of going private practice? So they ended up hiring me. We looked at some options. Um, my job is to promote these doctors around town uh, to the other pr prospective employers. And my job was really easy. Hey, I got six doctors who are the LeBron James of OBGYNs here in town. Do you want to hire them? So everyone in town, spoiler, everyone wanted to hire them. And those doctors, after I went to market for them, we ended up renegotiating their contract, which I do all of that for them, right? They established their priorities, their goals, and then I go help bring that to reality through offers. We ended up renegotiating their salaries and they ended up getting a salary raise of about $1.1 million on an annual basis. And I think that highlights the, the process of working together. My job is purely to identify opportunities that are a good fit for you, renegotiate your current opportunity for maximum value to you, and then give you the opportunity to choose between those two. Do you want to stay? Uh, for more money or do you want to go for more money? But ultimately, my job, every problem I have is a nail and I'm a hammer. I always want to make you more money, even if you tell me you have 50 other priorities. And so typically, I would say the runway 60, uh, I'd say 90 to 90 to 180 days is the typical runway for doctors. We just closed a deal where a doctor got a raise for 30% more guaranteed salary. And we did that in about 90 days. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that's it, right? At the end of the day, that's the bottom line is the, the doctor benefits at that next level. And we're in like a super growing market. I, I heard some stat and I mean, my I, my background is, is in the insurance space, real estate space, taxes. Uh, and in the insurance, especially when you're talking life insurance, we're talking about an aging population. And some stat, it was ridiculous. Something like 10,000 people are turning 65 every single day for like the next seven or eight years wow. or something like that, right? So these people are, everybody's aging up and that means we need more long-term care we need more regular uh preemptive care we need like there's a lot that goes on especially with a population that let's sad to say in the u.s obesity and diabetes is running uh, like prevalent i mean it's big right so 
like the market for good physicians is definitely out there. What can a physician expect? Like what? Like throw me some some like ballpark numbers here, because I'm like as a teacher versus like a doctor. I don't know what doctors make. I know they make good money. I just don't know what that actually looks like. So you know, give me like what what what's an expectation for somebody coming in to like to want to be a doctor? Is the market really as good as I described it, um, where they are able to find a job? And what can they expect starting out? Yeah, the market is a really good market, but the challenge isn't so much the market, it's more so that doctors just don't have time, training, or access to the data. Mm. So let's say that, let's just assume that there are options out there for doctors to be employed. You probably have heard, Herman, the the horror stories about doctors in residency working 24, 48 hours straight. And then on top of that, they're expected to now know where to find jobs, Submit applications where you have to put your resume and then put that same information again and then go through rounds of interviews, potentially site visits, things like that, all on top of being overburdened with a clinical schedule that would burn the rest of us out. And so the fact of the matter is doctors just frankly don't have the time, energy and expertise to do this work. And so I take it off their plate for them and not just take it off their plate so they don't have to do it, but one to also maximize it, right? So we want to make you more money. So I'd say that the entry kind of entry salary for doctors that I, for family medicine, what what you or I might go to for, you know, regular cold, they tend to make in the ballpark of about $200,000. I did, I will say though, that I had a doctor who's a neurosurgeon who is coming out of training. So he's a rookie. He signed his first deal for 850 guaranteed. So, yeah. So there are very wide gaps between specialties, kind of like we were talking about a moment ago. But I can tell you for for certain that doctor who signed for 850, this is, again, this is where we provide that value add. That doctor is making 850 guaranteed. He has a bunch of bonuses and all of that. But his colleague in the same town, about 20 minutes south, is making 550 guaranteed. Mm. And so that's the value that we are really proud of. That's really the only metric we care about, Herman. What do our doctors make relative to the market? And if we're not beating the market, why would you hire us? Yeah, yeah. And just to be clear, like, they're not doing all the application process. They're not setting up all the interviews. You guys are taking care of that so that the doctor essentially is meeting with you, expressing what they're looking for, and then just meets the appointment that, that are set by, by you and your agency, correct? You just got to show up, be your amazing self, and knock it out of the park. Man, so what's the what's the dilemma? Like, why aren't more doctors coming over and saying, Ethan, help me out? Like, what's the hiccup here? You know, I think as you can probably appreciate, Herman, part of the part of the process of growing a business is awareness, right? And so, and that's why I appreciate having the opportunity to chat with you on your platform today. It's because I don't know that doctors appreciate that there's a problem. And so part of my job is evangelizing on this problem, some of the disparities that exist for women, physicians of color, um, while also helping doctors understand this is a business. Mm -hmm. I get it. You're being recruited and wined and dined. But when I was on the other side of the table, I would think about three things. 
I want a doctor to be as busy as possible, as fast as possible for as cheap as possible. So if that's the mentality of the health executive, it's incumbent upon the doctor to advocate for themselves in those discussions as well. Man, I remember watching one of my favorite shows, House MD, right? And on House, it was like the patient is sick. Nobody can figure it out until House comes in and he properly diagnoses the problem. And I feel like that's what doctors are going through right now. They know there's a problem. They're looking around. They're working their butts off. They're making money, but they just don't properly diagnose themselves. And Ethan, House MD, comes around the corner <laughs> and he sees the problem. And he's like, look, this is the issue. This is a diagnosis, right? This is the prescription you need to take. Once you open their eyes, I feel like the clarity comes into the picture a lot easier. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. Once you know that there's a, somebody out there who can help you, you can't walk away from the problem. And I agree with you, man. Business 101, marketing. It has to be all yes. about the marketing. You have a great viable product here and we just need to get that message out as much as possible. So uh, as we're heading towards the end of our our 30 minute session here. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Where can they get more information? Yeah, the best ways to do it are on our socials at Physician Agency on uh, Instagram and then on LinkedIn. If it's just my name, Ethan and Kana, we share a ton of insights there every day as well. And our goal is to educate. So check out our website as well. Um, we want to educate doctors, and the way we get paid is as a percentage of the doctor's. Uh, base salary and the hospital pays that. So we want doctors to know not just that we're here to support you, but we also want to do it in a way that doesn't burden you financially. Even you are, uh, I don't know if this is the beginning of your marketing campaigns or if you're middle or towards the end, you've been doing this for a while. But my question is, is kind of always the same, man. You've been on probably other podcasts. What was the experience like coming on here? Man, I had a blast. And I think the thing that I appreciate about our conversation today, Herman, is you asked questions that I could never have anticipated. So some, some next layer questions. I'll often get questions, well, how do you get paid and what did you do before? But I don't often get paid. I don't often get asked questions about the next layer. Why do doctors need this? What are the challenges facing them? And, and I think that you're inquisitive uh, nature is hugely uh, stimulating for someone like me who loves to talk about doctors. Well, that's it, man. Ladies and gents, it, it comes down to making content. I mean, Ethan's here literally taking 30 minutes of his time to make some fun content. And we use podcasting to do that. Literally, I just asked him a bunch of questions where he can take this episode because Ethan, our gift to you is the full audio, full video of this show. And you can chop it up. You can take every single question, chop it up into a small clip, post those things on your social media. That's how you as a business markets yourself. You got to show up constantly. You need help doing that. Make sure you guys visit Visit us at businessbros.biz to find out more about that. But for all you physicians out there, all you doctors out there, those of you in the medical field, if you're flying solo, you're shooting yourself in the foot. And I'm not saying that as, you know, let's hurt yourself. I'm telling you, you're not <laughs> diagnosing your problem. You need to get yourself some help. And you can do that. Simply go to www.rmpa.co, rmpa.co. Find out the kind of help that you can get. I mean, we had some examples here. 
a spread of like 300 grand is the negotiating tactic that can help you out. I don't know about you guys. I could use the next 300 grand and you're just flushing it down the toilet. So make sure you guys go to www.rmpa.co. Find out how Ethan can help you negotiate your contracts and make more money that you obviously deserve. I mean, you guys are saving our lives out here, keeping us healthy. You deserve at least that. Ethan, thank you very much for coming on the program. Before we head out, man, any final thoughts? I just want to thank you for sharing your time and your platform today. And, you know, check out our socials and call us. We want to help. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gents, that's it. Go get healthy. And for those of you who are in the medical field, get paid for doing it. We'll talk to you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started.